death of Jesus was the very worst thing and the very best thing that has happened in the history of the world. Why do I say that? It's the very worst thing because the only totally innocent man ever to live was unjustly put to death at the hands of wicked men. Big deal, you might say. People are killed every day. No, this is different. This is different. This man is different, and his innocence is different. See, Jesus was a man, but not only a man. He was also God in the flesh. God the Son, come down to us as a human being, sent by God the Father in love into the world to be the Savior. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. He was the God-man come to us from heaven out of love. And how did we respond? We responded by killing him. This man was different. His innocence was different also. Many people... And when we say that, we mean that they die without having committed any crime that a just human court would judge worthy of death. But that's not the way Jesus was innocent. He was innocent in that he was spotless. Perfect. Pure. Absolutely sinless. He never once did or said or thought a single thing that was wrong in any particular. He always loved God with his whole heart and soul and mind and strength. He always, always loved his neighbor as himself. So when Pilate said, I find no guilt in him, and you notice how many times he said that? When Pilate said, I find no guilt in him, he was speaking better than he realized. Jesus had no guilt. Absolutely no stain of sin whatsoever upon his soul. No man, no woman, no child is innocent the way this man was. So the crucifixion of the only truly innocent man, the spotless Lamb of God, God in human flesh at our hands is the very worst thing, the most grievous thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. And yet it's also the very, very best thing. Because his death was for you, if you will believe. See, you and I are not like Jesus. We are not innocent. Our souls are stained and spotted with all sorts of sin. Sins against God, sins against other people. And God, who is the holy and righteous judge, cannot allow that sin to go unpunished. You cannot enter eternal life with that sin upon your soul. That sin is, in fact, such an offense against the goodness and holiness of God that it will land you in hell under His judgment forever if you do not find some way of getting rid of it. You must find some way of getting rid of it. 
And there is a way. There is a way. Not a way of your devising, but a way of God's devising. God devised a plan by which the truly innocent one would die in place of the guilty. Jesus, with no sin of his own, would willingly, out of his great love, take upon himself our sin. And he would die in the place of sinners. He would die the death that sinners deserved. He would take their punishment. And that, friends, is what happened at the cross. Our sin placed upon the sinless head of the Lord Jesus. Our sin punished and paid for as God judges Jesus in our place. The prophet said it pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord to crush him and put him to grief. But it was for our transgressions that he was wounded and our iniquities that he was crushed for because he had none of his own. See, the death of Jesus is the best thing in the world because it can be for you. Your sin can be taken away. Your sin can be paid for by his death. All you have to do, friend, is fall at the foot of his cross and look upon him and believe. Which means to take his sacrifice and claim it for yourself. Awana kids, remember what are the three questions that talk about faith? Number one, someone help me. Yes, it's true. Number two, yes, it's great. Number three, yes, it's mine. It's mine. Good memories. That's what it means to have faith, friends. To look upon Jesus upon the cross and say... The word of God says that his death was for me and for my sin, or it can be. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's great. Yes, it's mine. You can look upon him. You can ask him to wash away your guilt. And his word to you, his word that has never been broken and never will be broken, is that you will be saved. You will have forgiveness of sins through his death. You will have eternal life through his death. What are you waiting for? Will you take Jesus for yourself, even tonight, and celebrate his death as the very best thing in all the world because it was for your salvation? At this point, we're going to go to the Lord's table to remember his death. The bread and the cup are symbols of his death that he said were to take in remembrance of him. The bread represents his body which was broken on the cross for us. The cup represents his blood which was shed and poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He offers himself to us by faith tonight. Now for those of you who have already taken Jesus to be your own, who have believed in Christ, and who have been baptized according to the Lord's command, we welcome you to the table. It's our practice to come to the center aisle 
to come down and then take the bread and the cup together, go back and, and file in your rows that way, and then hold it so that we can all partake together at the end. If, if that doesn't describe you, please, please, I have to say the table's not for you yet. This is a symbol, this is a symbolic of having faith in Christ. We eat to show that we have taken him to be ours. So just keep your seats. No one will think the less of you. But consider Christ and his offer to you tonight. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you. Why don't you come, and as you do, we'll sing our last song.